This podcast is brought to you by Hanley's Clean Meals. Hanley's Clean Meals provide you with nutritionally balanced prepped meals that will aid you in all walks of life. Hanley's Clean Meals provide numerous inter-county teams with meals. For more information, visit their website hanleyscleanmeals.ie or follow them on social media. Delighted now to be joined by Danny Hughes and David Burke to look back some of their Refixture games in the National Football League um, that we did have over the weekend. But before we do that, uh, David, just coming to you first. Um, Wicklow uh, previously, and Colin Kelly has walked out uh, on Wicklow at the moment uh, due to work commitments. This is obviously, it's going to be interesting to see how Wicklow get on here, but. It's obviously not ideal, your manager walking out, you, you could say, not even halfway through the season yet. Yeah, yeah, Paul, it's definitely not ideal. Uh, there's no way of dressing it up, I don't think. Um, it's, 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 it's not a good sign. I, I don't really have any insight now, to be honest. I'd say I'm the last man that would, that would uh, know any insight. I don't think they'd be probably telling me too much. Uh, and that's probably out of you know respect for the camp and respect for everybody else. So I don't actually know the ins and outs of it. Yeah, work commitments is the, the line that's, that's thrown around a good bit, Paul. I'm sure uh, Colin had work commitments before he took the job, so I don't know. I I just don't know what, what, what's went on. Results haven't been good. Division three, for me right now, is a very, very average division of football. And I think that Wicklow team, no, I know them well. They're well capable of being mid-table, minimum mid-table, I would believe, in that, uh, in that, in that tier at the minute. So uh, they obviously wouldn't be happy rooted to the bottom of it. And, uh, yeah, probably in a bit of bother now moving forward. Like, I think a, a bad for Mana team, you know, they drew with a bad for Mana team. They, so, look, ultimately, uh, and particularly when you've looked now that Westmead have beaten, or sorry, Longford have beaten Westmead last weekend, and there has been some big turnovers in that division, you know, that uh, it's wide open, and obviously the players or whatever happened, someone wasn't happy with something along the way, and uh, ultimately, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. But look, if you look at the nice situation, throw by the club football, the nice manager left, 10 days before county semi-final this year and sure they went on to win the Leinster final. So, um, look, you know, it can it can turn things on its head as well, but certainly at that level of preparation and, the, you know, the preparation required at that level, it's far, far from ideal. And it doesn't look good in either party, but let's be honest with it. It does help, I suppose, somewhat, in fact, Alan Costello now going in as joint manager. They were previously involved with Colin Kelly, so it's not like there's new faces coming in, getting used to the players uh, straight away. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's purely Colin that's gone. Uh, as far as I'm aware, now, I, again, I don't know too much about the situation, but uh, as far as I'm aware, it's just the selectors now have stood up. So uh, Alan Costello was managing Tilly Healy the last couple of years. He is uh, my own man. He used to play for Vincent's and uh, he's a good footballing man. And he's over to Kildare, or not Kildare, the Wicklow 20s at the minute. So uh, it was a simple enough step up probably for Alan at the time. And then Gary Duffy's on St. Pat's Wicklow town man, uh, was with Kevin O'Brien in the other 20s the last number of years. And, uh, you know, real, real good Wicklow man as well. So they were all selectors as a stud anyway. So, yeah, for the playing group, there shouldn't be huge, you know, upsetting or there shouldn't be huge upheaval for them, you know. So um, other than the fact that the manager's gone, look, and this, uh, whatever whatever has gone on, players might be happy he's gone or they may may not be. Again, I don't know what, what the story is. So you will probably know this at the end when you see the level of performance. Maybe. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they can get on um, with the change of management there. Looking back over the weekend, uh, yesterday I was in at the Division 2 clash between Offaly and Galway, finished Offaly uh, 310, Galway 217. Uh, Danny, your favourite team, Galway, here. Um, over the last two games, though, it's it's a real worrying sign. Galway have conceded a total of 527 in the last two games against Cork and Offaly, respectively. Yeah, and as I said, you know, and I, I'm not going to say I told you some of this, but again, we we'll go back to the very, very fundamentals of of the game. Um, uh, you obviously have that attacking uh, prowess that that Galway can possess, and have some really, really good footballers. Some like Shane Walsh, I would put up there as 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 one of the best, if not the best, footballer in the country. Um, but the the big problem is, uh, as far as he's concerned. It, you know, in the past, he's been probably the marquee forward, but the game's been over at half time in a lot of cases where they've conceded heavily. So, again, they still haven't got that defence sorted out. Uh, they really haven't. And it will come against them at some point. Uh, obviously, it didn't come against them against Offaly, but you would think Offaly rooted right at the bottom. They have a point all right against, they got, got a great draw against Meath, but you would think that they're, they're going to be. Heavily favoured to go down, um, and uh, but a four-point loss to Galway is no, it's no hiding. Um, so you would think themselves obviously down, and and Cork are just there, and they're fighting it out to see who see who can who can stay out of. Uh, well, I would say staying out of the Taltian Cup. It's not maintaining your status in the division. It's staying out of that. That secondly competition, and I think that's the big, that's the big thing. In any other year, relegation can be seen as a obviously very, very disappointing. But it's not, you know, it, you, people and teams have regrouped um, and put in strong league camp or strong championship campaigns. And this, and 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 the way it's structured now, a relegation, uh, particularly to the Taldean Cup, is a real kick in the teeth. So. Um, you know, I would see awfully, awfully have done well to get into the second division. Mm. I can't see them staying, staying there. And um, obviously, it's going to come down to their game against Down and Down's game against Cork as well. Just uh, David, before we do touch on that brilliant performance by Offaly yesterday, Galway, like it's, it's not. Just in this league, defence has been an issue. It's it's been an issue in the last year or two under poor choice. And they're playing Sean Kelly fullback. He gets a goal yesterday. He loves to drive forward from the fence. But like at stages yesterday, there didn't even seem to be a plus one or anything in front of um the fullback line. And when you're trying to build for Mayo in a Connor quarter final, that's where I think it's worrying. Yeah, it is very, very worrying. And for a Galway man like yourself, Paul, it definitely is worrying. Um, they, okay, look, you know, a number of years ago, Paddy Talley was, you know, and Kevin Walsh were destroyed for playing defensive football with Galway. Obviously, the traditional nature of the Galway support, and they all want to play the, you know, swashbuckling stuff. And, and I, with the players you have, absolutely you can do that. Um, but you have to look after the game, has changed. You have to look after the house as well. And, and it's disappointing for me that in year three, Joyce and Dively and, and now Keane O'Neill in and, and it still looks to be no defensive plan. Like the fact that Cork, I, 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 what did they concede, Bob? Was it two, tw- two something? 
two seventeen against Cork. Yeah, like like Cork shouldn't be kicking two seventeen against any top ten team in the country. Cork are division three team in waiting, and they're they're in serious bother in my opinion. And if they can kick two seventeen against you, I, I just think that's that's a seriously some serious concern in there. And as you said. With the likes of, um, you know, Sean Kelly there, he's a, as good as a young footballer as there is in the country, but he's a, probably a five or a seven, really, looking at him. Now, I haven't seen him up close as much as the lads have, but I've seen him in the colleges football and I've seen plenty of him in Galway. And for me, he looks like, a, you know, an absolute bombing wing back who can get, do both transitions for you perfectly. Whereas, he, for me, he's leaving Galway wide open and exposed time after time after time. Uh, do you... It's obviously, a, it's not a player's thing. It's obviously a coaching and management thing. It's not the players. The players are put onto the field in certain positions. And they're obviously, if you're told not to do something as a player, more often than not, that that you're not going to do it like at that level if you're told to stay in their structure. So it's obviously a thing that's been passed on by coaches and management and structure. And it's, uh, you know, is it a case that Galway can't do the defensive side or they won't? Because there's a big difference. Um, but I would have thought that, you know, the the fact that that uh, Kevin Walsh and Tally, like Tally, was only there a season, uh, and, and they got. I I felt that they were very very competitive in that year. I think they went to the National League final, if I recall. Um, Dublin beat them, but it was a very very good game. They went to the quarterfinals and they played the Dublin team again. I think, and yes, while Dublin pulled away at the end. For a team that had been out of the running for a long time, you would nearly almost think that while the aesthetics element of it wasn't great to the eye at times, they were still playing top eight football. Yeah, and you yeah. would think to yourself, what, what do people want here? What, what are they expecting? Do you know, if Down were in a situation where they're playing top eight football, I think you could build on that. You know, you could build and be much more swashbuckling than when you think about how Pat Gilroy started with Dublin and how structured they were. Exactly. You know? And you can't, in this in, in the current game, you have to be able to defend properly. If you want to be top eight, top ten, you've got to be able to defend. You know, you're not going to outscore them teams. You're just not going to do it. You know, you're just not, that's not going to work today. So I to answer your first part of it, Danny, I think it's an attitude issue. Again, I've no insight to this camp, but I think it's an attitude and these Galway players are stuck in stuck in the past or whatever because they 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 love this attacking football, love creating overlaps, love scoring goals. And if we watch the video, Shane watches goal in Cork, oh my God, I actually thought it was in fast forward. It's the pace of Kelly to create the overlap, you know, and even Taylor Mackenwalsh, he's no slouch either and he just burnt them. So there's all, like, all the abilities there. I think there's an attitude or uh, there's an issue in the camp that why hasn't the calibre of John Davley, Park Joyce and now Keane O'Neill throwing that into the mix and he still can't get into the defence. And let's be honest, like, what's going to change between now and four or five weeks against Mayo? Very, very little. And for me, Mayo are probably, if not the top team in the country, they're in the top two right now, I think, as regards, as regards later in the summer. So they'll, they'll blow this Galway team away. I, I, you know, if Cork can score 217 against this Galway team, what can Mayo score? Is it a fact of Matthew Tierney, like, you looked forward to this, yeah, Matthew Tierney, Shane Walsh, Damien Coleman, Robert Finnerty, Desi Keneally, like... Is there not enough balance there, David? Like, is there too much attackers? Near? We're heading back. We're heading back. The conversation we had about Kerry under under the last manager, Peter Keane. Under it's it's playing playing Paul Gini wing forward in the current day, Mark and Connor Moyler, etc. etc. You absolutely cannot do it. You just cannot do it. Now, this year, if you look into Spillane on one side and Dara Mine on the other side, now all of a sudden Kerry are favourites for the All Ireland all of a sudden because they have a balance to their team. 
they've, they've, they're developing a plus one. They can get protection from the backs now. And all of a sudden, they, they're a very, very solid, balanced team. Galway are falling into the same mix by playing. Like Matty Tierney's a midfielder, really. Like, you know, playing him wing forward there, you know, along with Desi, along with Bob Finnerty. Like, they're all lovely scoring forwards. But for me, the space for four of them. And if Shane and Damo have two of them jerseys gone before, before the ball's thrown in, well, you only can play Bob or Desi, and then the rest of them have to be left out and use his impact. Whereas I think they're probably putting their six best forwards or whatever it is, the six most best attacking players on the field. Which are, it makes no odds. You want to watch a score. You know, you'll be outscored because the opposition wing halfbacks will destroy you and they overlap after overlap, which is, I, I think it's fair to say that's came to fruition the last number of weeks against Galway. So, uh, like, I, I, I had a very good look last year, lads, at Offaly and, uh, you know, against Wicklow. They played us in the first round of the National League and they beat us by a couple of points. You know, they're a midland, midland side now. Uh, weren't very impressive at all. We were we were only starting out in our journey and uh, I felt we could have beaten them if we had taken a couple more chances. But there's no way that Wicklow team is a Division 2 team, like nowhere near it. So, awfully for me, aren't anywhere near Division 2. So, you, you know, they're, they're, the fact that they can score go down to Salt Hill of all places and I'm led to believe the weather was fairly, fairly yeah. friendly for once. So, the fact that they can go down there and run Galway to four points for me just is, is very, very worrying. I, I think uh, they all be rubbing their hands together. You know? And Danny, like we're talking there about balance in attack, like and Davies reference there, Spillane and Moynihan brought in. But even if you look at Tyrone last year, Michael O'Neill was 11 brought into that role with, to give balance. And like it's a point that has to be made like that you do need those workhorses in attack. Of course, you do. And um, I think. Uh, 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 Walsh played wing forward for Kerry for many years. He was on the pound from 03, and I think he only made his championship debut in 2010. And they went to the, pract- the practical element of, of, of Walsh, Donegal Walsh's game. It, it, he wasn't swashbuckling, he wasn't any of those, but he was a workhorse, he was a Trojan. And he might have been third or fourth pass down the line for a goal or a score. But that didn't make him any less effective when it come to winning dirty ball and winning the, and doing the graft and the box, the box, the Roy Keane type stuff, breaking up tackles. And it's not glamorous, but there's a there's at, at that wing forward at wing back level, you have to have them in your team. Um, and Davy will know this obviously from coaching, especially at that intercounty level. As a half forward, it's important that you're getting back and you're tucking in. It's important that you're picking your man up. On the on, on by the time he's coming through, but the fundamentals of our game haven't changed in 120, 130 years. You stop your man from scoring. You stop him being the influence that he can be. And a forward as a as a wing forward as a as a person that played wing forward for a lot of my career, I've saw it inside and I've saw it outside. And outside half forward gives you a brilliant freedom, but also brings with great responsibility and thinking through the game. And I think Galway have. They've thrown a lovely set of forwards and, and players, but it's almost like Man United, where we'll get all this talented uh, uh, player personnel on into the squad and throw them all together and expect them to to structure themselves and go ahead and play. But it doesn't work like that. You have to you have to get the you have to get the practicalities of the game right. Um, and 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 Galway just simply aren't doing that and haven't done it. And while Park Joyce was a wonderful footballer, I do question how the last three years have went in terms of progress. And I think um, I think I would have to question whether he's had the ability to look at himself 
on his coaching team and say, right, well, have we made progress from a structure point of view? And let me tell you something, at inter-county level, inter-county players are inherently about winning and being selfish for their own reasons. We only have a short window as an inter-county player. They want to win. And it, all, all you want, all you expect from your coaching team and your management team is to put everything there in place and take out the excuses for not winning. So Galway are as far away from from success as as have been before Joyce took over. So for me, as a as a former player, as a player on that Galway panel, I would want to have the structures there. I I wouldn't want to be as a forward as a flurry player. I wouldn't want the back door to be open all the time. I would want it bloody shut so that we can go on and score. Even if that means coming back from the scoring stakes, I still think they'll have enough quality up up front to to match anybody in the country. But when you're conceding, you're conceding, you're conceding, and you're out of a game, and you're forever trying to go forward, go forward, and outscore in an opposition, it's going to come against you. And it's going to come against you when Lee Keegan's marking you, where you're not going to get the five or six or seven points, or when some of them our boys uh, are breathing down your neck, you know? And, and and that's where the challenge is. Just just on that point, uh, no, what are we, three National League games left, or in Galway might have a final, so maybe, maybe four National League games left, right? Um, there's no time to change anymore. We don't have the six or seven week gap between league and championship, you know, for a right to go with to head off to Carton House or head off to Briefy there for a month and do it all behind closed doors. That's all gone. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm James Horan, I know who's going to start five and seven or 10 and 12 for Galway in, in four weeks' time. I have a fair handle on it. And uh, it ain't going to change. And there, them young guys aren't going to learn how to defend in four weeks. So, uh, you know, they're not going to have the time, they're not going to have the cohesion, they're not going to have nothing done. So, ultimately, you know, what's going to change here? You know, and, and even, to be honest with you, I think Galway now should stick at it and try try win a shootout you know, against, against these teams because the worst thing they could probably do now is start it's, trying to defend now. I, yeah. No, I, listen, I, to, I totally agree with you. If they try to, if they, if they hit the panic button, they become nothing. Yeah. But they're, they're going to have to, they're so far down the road of, of where they're going and how they play that... I don't. Is there an alternative for them at this stage? Probably not. And the thing about it is, if you could take Monaghan's structure on their spirit and put it in that Galway team, you'd have an All Ireland winner there in Galway because plenty of really good good players. The problem is, do they know how to fight it out in a scrap? And that's yeah. the big question. Would you take them Galway t- with that Galway team, that defence? Would you take them to war? And the answer to that is no. But you would take Monaghan's, and yeah. and Galway should never. And and with given where they are, they should never been in the second division. But they've been there, and they've dropped into the second because of their inability to, um, I suppose, adapt to a new way of playing. And 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 to wrap it up, we won't harp on this, but to wrap it up, I wouldn't know the players off the top of my head. I'm sure Paul would, but and I'm not. I'm putting you on the spot around, but there's definitely a ten and twelve in Galway who are absolute workhorses who have brains. Mm-hmm. Who know the timing of the drop? Who know when to get involved in tight, when to be involved in defence, when to protect, when to tuck in, when to press the ball, how to win a breaking ball? I don't think a watch or Paul Galvin. You know, I'm not even talking about a Paul Galvin level. You know, just a, you know a really good you know worker of a ten or a twelve who then make your Shane Walsh's better players. Whereas, uh, and you're talking about Paul Joyce. I don't know. This would be a bugbear of mine from someone who never played at any great level at all and um, trying to break into the management game. You know. There's a lot of ex-players getting big jobs, and on the back of what? Like on the back of what? You you know you know what I mean? Like on the back of playing. Absolutely. 
you know, two completely different things, boys. And totally. uh, you manage, you manage, and you play fair, fair play to anyone who played, but managing 40 personalities and 40 egos and 25 of a backroom team every night is completely different and setting up a structure tactically. And but in New Orleans, no the game bar or game, does the an All Ireland medal or anything else qualify you to get yeah. the best clubs? But in soccer, it's totally different. In soccer, um, as we've seen with Frank Lampard, to a certain degree, found out at Chelsea with a big job. Pac Guardiola, very average playing career. Yes, he played for Barcelona, but a very pragmatic type of player. Jurgen Klopp, very pragmatic defender. Never won huge amount of titles or anything else. Very pragmatic. And this is the thing. Because you're a wonderful player, doesn't automatically uh, translate to to managing and in fact I would actually go the other way and saying the fact that there might be an ego there through winning or whatever else it might actually be a, a disadvantage to you when it deals with players to having that understanding having that 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 feeling of empathy towards your players and and being able to be personable etc so um it, I think I think Joyce even you know you could forgive his first year management and saying right he's maybe there's a bit of naivety there with where the football has gone and obviously but it's not nostalgia and how you played and how he played. But surely in, in season two or season three, you presented, how do I get a brilliant team around me? Um, and I think J- Jack O'Connor done that well in, in Kerry or he's done it well thus far. He's decided to go a wee bit out the box and to be fair to him, he will get a bit of criticism for taking Paddy Talley and a Northern brand down. But wait and see, if they deliver Sam Maguire delivering all Iron title. There'll be, there'll be no word of poly tally or what that defensive element will bring. And that's the thing about Galway. Galway need to decide where they want to go or what they want. Yeah, like, you talk about working wing forwards there. Finney and O'Lee's been there and he's played that role, but, yeah, he seems to be dropped a lot. Carl Sweeney played there yesterday, uh, taken off after, I think it was 25, 30 minutes. O'Lee came in for him. be interesting to see, uh, will they change much? One plus has to be though going on yesterday's performance uh, for a goal with Davy. Uh, like Damien Comer is really back to his best yesterday. Yeah, sure. Comer is top quality inside forward, direct, hard runner, physical. You know he can do it anyway. He can run at you. You can kick long ball into him. You know he's a he's a he's a disaster for any fullback. So um, yeah, huge. And now that you've the double threat, so obviously Shane Walsh. Is getting the number one man. So is that Lee Keegan today? Who knows who who is that man for Mayo now? Um, you know he's getting number one, and then that means now Damo's only on number two, which means obviously it's it's not the same caliber of a player now in the division one squad. Obviously you have two or three fellas able to mark it, but still you're still dropping down the order, which gives Damo much more freedom now. Whereas when one of them boys were out, which they have been suffering with injuries the last number of years, you know it's much easier to wrap up one guy than it is two guys, obviously. So um. So it gives Galway a huge double threat going forward that Walsh is going to take a lot of the attention and even double teamed at times, which now gives Comer much more freedom to really, really attack. And, and as I said, he can offer double threats out aerially, direct. You can go direct into him, which Galway probably don't do often enough. You know, Galway have that with Matty Tierney too. And they're a huge option inside. I know he said he was a midfielder, but he's either a, a midfielder or a 14 in and out for me, one or the other. Um, you know, and he's done that successfully at on him a couple of years ago. I think he was very, very good when he went in there for a period of time. So, uh, yeah, look, obviously, uh, Damien being back fully fit and fully in, in the best of his health is um, is a huge, huge addition. But as we said, you know, it's about who they surround these boys with. You know, how do they get these boys enough ball and how do they get them consistent ball in? Um, that, that's that's the key for me, you know. 
Yeah, one uh, seven between himself and Robert Finnerty inside. Obviously, to say this podcast, there has been a lot of criticism directed towards Galway, but Danny, is it advantage Ross Common and Derry now from promotion going so far on Galway? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure because. You would still have to give you would still have to give Galway credit. They're sitting on joint points, I think, with Derry. Yeah, eight so, and 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 are a point behind. So we still fancy Galway to go up. Um, but this is a battle. It's it's the war certainly far from being won. And for them, um, obviously, with their last two games or Galway's last two games or who? Derry in Owen Bay and then Roscommon in High Park. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, it's, it's, listen, it's in Galway's hands. It's in Galway's hands. Um, I think Derry, Derry have done extremely well. I do fancy them to go up. Um, you know, they have already beaten Roscommon. Their hardest, I think, obviously, their last two games, one of them is obviously Galway. Um, I'm not too sure about the other one, but I do fancy the way Derry have, have put away all the teams that I think they still will win. Um the the advantage really lies obviously in the, in the remaining games. Roscommon have well they've played awfully. They played Derry yes. Um, Roscommon. I think Derry beat Roscommon, did they? No, they drew it clear. That's what puts them on seven after right. uh, four games. They have Derry. They have Derry and Offaly and Galway to play. Um, right, Roscommon, yeah, and then I think Derry have Meath, uh, Roscommon. Or Galway and then Roscommon. Right. Yeah. Well, Roscommon have a, I suppose Roscommon then have a, have a, I suppose, a, a quite a difficult run in as well. So I still think with, with Galway and eight points, as I said, um, well, I think it's Galway will be, I think Galway and Roscommon would be, would have been confident at the start of the campaign that they would be the two to go up. Derry have been a surprise package in a way. But I don't think, given the progression uh, that we've seen even in last year's championship, and I think the fact that the back door hasn't been in this last couple of years has worked against Derry because I think there was even more in them to go forward. But the fact is that Gallagher's done a fantastic job and and taken the top table. There's a couple of big, big games. But I would fancy him to turn over Galway and Owen Beg. I really would. Um, and and that virtually, you would say, nearly guarantees them the, the promotion and one of the promotion spots. So... Uh, I fancy Derry and obviously uh, and Galway still uh, and I think we're scumming we'll just about miss out. Just to clarify Paul on the Galway point when I'm talking about Galway I'm talking about the top table here you know, you know Galway will in my opinion I'd agree with they'll get out of Division 2 you know I'm not uh, just, just to be clear I'm not running down Galway altogether here I'm just saying the, the, the Galway aren't looking to get out of Division 2 they're not looking to win Connacht they're looking to win All-Ireland and um I'm just talking about the very, very top table. You cannot play the way they want to play today. And, and that's the problem. So I absolutely think they're going to get out of Division 2. I have no doubt about that because they'll have enough score and tread more than likely to, to, to oh. beat. But um, uh, it's, it, it's come down the road, further down the road, and that's when they're going to meet the big problem. So. And Paul, you know, I know you're a Galway man, but I'm more than happy to get into a helicopter by and go, come down there and give a hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring the boot. More about football, so. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, just on you did mention the Tazin Cup, uh, a lot going around about a lot of big teams. If down air to get relegated and enter the Tazin Cup, is it a disaster for a down football? Do you feel? 
Uh, it is a disaster, absolutely. Um, and I think every, a lot of our teams, with a wee bit of history, and obviously my memories of playing, um, were down. Uh, I would have to say not not in the, in the early part of my career. In the early part of my career, I played Division Three football, and we were in Division Three um, when it was restructured. Um, and around 2002, 2003. So I'm well aware of, of, of the challenges further down the divisions. But the thing is that there wasn't, you always had that, you always had that card being the, the championship in Sam Maguire. And I think the gaps weren't as, weren't as wide range in there. The gap between the very bottom and the very top weren't as large. They, they have grown over the year, the years um, since. But certainly, uh, would it be a disaster um, I think for a lot of proud down fans, it is a disaster, absolutely. But equally, uh, should should Meath ever be relegated, it would be a disaster for them as well. So I think, um, I think for certain Cork, I think Cork, if Cork get get relegated into the Talisman Cup, they're a disgrace, uh, in my opinion. They really are for a county, for a county of their size and their status and everything else. I really think it's a crying shame. It's a sad indictment of what's going on down there. You know, they call them the rebel county, and and I would always go back to the point is that they're they're certainly with all the bad days and all the all uh, the shit that has come this last number of years with Cork. Uh, there's nothing rebellious about obviously their reaction to it because there just seems to be an apathy, total apathy there. And if if anybody needs to go in on a white horse and and save them, it's certainly. Uh, Certainly, very much required, you know. Um, so, uh, but I think I think for Down, yes, it would be an awful kick in the teeth. I never ever wanted the Talgene Cup. That's my own personal, um, mm. my personal opinion, um, and I reeled against it. But I understand that restructure had to happen. Um, uh, but you know, selfishly, I, I did feel that given what we have in the county, we would be going there. So it wouldn't be, it's not unsurprising if we do go there, uh, but it would be very, very disappointing, of course it is. But again, like Cork, we, we have a lot of internal issues here, uh, a lot of stuff that, that, that's not happening that should happen, um, and, and there is a general apathy there as well. The only thing to add to that is, you look at the three counties you're talking about, Cork, Down, and the third one was uh, Mead, was it? Uh, Mead, they, uh, Three of them counties, so Mead have won the 17s and the 20s, so definitely a 17s All-Ireland and a 20s went, went well in. Uh, Cork have won the 20s All-Ireland in the last number of years and Down have won an Ulster. Are they going to the Ulster? Under 20s, yeah. Yeah, last year. yeah right. Yeah, so, yeah, right. And I, I, like two of them are going to be in the Talton Cup, right? And, uh, you know, so there's two ways of looking at that. One, obviously, there's plenty of talent and ability coming through to get out of that potential competition and to move on, obviously, which is... And, and is it easier, Danny, for these young boys to start off at that level, maybe? It's hard to know. I, I don't know is there an answer to that. But um, uh, so that's that's one way of looking at it. The second way of looking at it is, obviously, you know, you, you're flooding in a load of young guys together at the same time, coming up against more seasoned outfits. And I can tell you first-hand experience, it ain't easy down there. Like it ain't easy in Division Three, Division Four. You you battle for everything between conditions, refereeing standards drop, uh, everything drops. You know. You're uh, <laughs> but so, the big point, the big problem is, it's opening up now to travel, uh, and you're going to have. Well, you like it or not, it's still a secondary competition. You're going to have the boys. The biggest benefiters, uh, beneficiaries are going to be America, Australia, Far East, 
they're going to be the bit. Those GA clubs are going to be the big beneficiaries from really top inter-county players that are going to see it as a, an opportunity to get a bit of a life experience because they're not in the shop window. And you can even see it now. You can even see the Talzine Cup is, is not going to be played before the All-Iron final. It's going to be played before the, the All-Iron semi-finals or it'll be moved. It'll, it'll, it'll go exactly the same way as the Tommy Murphy Cup. The lip service. I, I, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was pro, not pro it, but I was pro something, Danny. When, when you're on the receiving end, when I was at Wicklow, you got an awful hiding against me, an awful, awful hiding. It was no good to anyone in the championship game. You know, it was no good to anybody. And um, so I was pro change, but you, uh, but on the, on the proviso that there'd be an all-star competition, there'd be team holidays, it'd be on RTE, you'd get some of the game coverage, it'd be played in Crow Park, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you look at the Trench Cup two or three weeks ago, and McConville pulled his team out of the Trench Cup final, DKIT, because uh, they had to play, was it on a Wednesday, and they expected to play National League the following Sunday, or something along those lines. You know, so straight away, there you go, that's a second level competition. That's uh, that's the, 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 the respect they were given. So that game was pulled, and it's just no more heard about it. It's just gone, like off the map. So ultimately, the same organisation, the GEA is the GEA. That's how they treat secondary citizens. They don't put bums on seats. They don't put bring money into the organisation. So simple as that. They they they, they don't matter. So um, I think the Halton Cup is going to be an unmitigated disaster. I think that's what it's going to be now. And I haven't pushed for change. So I'm no I'm no um, I'm no hypocrite. I want to change, but only if the right people and the stakeholders were on board and they want to back it. You know, it's certainly they're not going to back it. Looking at it now, you know. Just to finish, um, on awfully uh, so fair in the league, uh, one point. Davey, you said you've seen a bit of them. Last year, you weren't too impressed, but do you think this offly plan is only kind of at the start now? Because we're even seeing a lot of the under 20s like Jack Brandt and Cormac Egan, like they're not starting. Tomas O'Shea, obviously, and his coach this year, but do you think it's, it's going to take a while for, I suppose, offly to see this team and, I suppose, plan develop? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and again, I first hand experience from the, from the Kildare lads that, uh, you know, look at Kildare now, Jimmy Highland. You know, the seven seven of that Kildare under twenty one all under twenty all Ireland winning team from two thousand eighteen, probably in the mix to start now. Five of them are starting every week, so that'll tell you they're twenty three now. You know, twenty three heading for twenty four. That's the age you need to be. There's no there's, unless you're a David Clifford, which what do we get one every hundred years? You know, they, they don't come true at nineteen because ultimately you're not physically ready. And, you know, you haven't got the speed, the thought, you haven't got the just haven't got the conditioning done. So. Dunstall, often you're in the very same mould now. They brought you a raft. I think Mohan brought 10 or 12 of these guys onto the panel, which is only good. It's excellent. And I worked with a lot of them in my new college. They're really exciting footballers. Attitude like no other. Brilliant. Really talented young guys. But they're miles off. Like they're, when we go in and play DCUs and these teams, we're miles off conditioning-wise because we've a raft of under-20s on it. Never mind that senior in the county level. Mm. So, so... Ultimately, them guys are three years off. Awfully, aren't going to reinvent the wheel here. They're not going to do anything different than Cork. Look at Cork of an All-Ireland win the 20 team. Where are they? Heading for Division 3. You know what I mean? We're, 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 these guys are chaps and they, they will not be ready to come through a bar and a freak until he's 23 or 24, which is three more years away. And, so, and you need a conveyor belt of teams and players coming yeah. through. You need sustained success. It's not just a one-year that you, you produce a winning team and then that's it. You need sustainable... Uh, minor under 20 uh, crop coming through every single year and you know I suppose even from Offaly David like you, you know that the likes of isn't Tomas O'Shea in one of them yeah you know that, that's a big statement of intent too to be fair to them like Tomas O'Shea is a, obviously one of the greatest wing backs in the game very knowledgeable 
you know, very knowledgeable guy as well. Really, really good pundit. Seems to know, he can cut through all the bullshit as well. And, you know, seems like a very honest fella. So, again, uh, I, I do believe that, uh, I do believe that awfully, you know, they certainly have no lack of experience there. And I think, you know, it, it may be disappointing that, the, that, that they're heading for relegation, but I still think, you know, they've, they've done okay. They've done okay. okay. Well, well, I can see it coming. I can see a managerial change coming there um, at the end of the year. And ultimately, they'll be back in Division 3 where John picked them up. And they're still there, lads, four years. This is four or five years later. You, you know, they're still there. Um, so what has changed? What has progressed? on You know, so there's a lot of dressing up going on in the GA. <laughs> ultimately, there's not an awful lot of change happening. And, you know, you pick them up today and you leave them back there four years but it, but is that does that Davy is you know success success in Leinster right? They're, they're, they couldn't have possibly won, won a Leinster title with Dublin, right? Um, could they have made progress in the competition? They certainly could have, absolutely. I, I take that. And and the league again, the, the fact that they went to higher level football, yes, if they dropped down again. But is that not is that not symptomatic of of what you, happens in Gaelic football now around that middle tier? Because down. To be fair, around that middle tier now, yo-yo went up and down, up and down, until they can put something sustainable. And the big elephant in the room here, guys, and it still has nothing been done about it, is funding. Funding for Wicklow, funding for Wexford, funding for Offaly, for Leitrim. They aren't getting the same level of funding and coaching expertise that Corks, Dublins, anybody else are getting. They can act. They're just not getting the finance, and that goes the fundamental part of all this yes you just don't blankly throw money at counties but they don't have the proper secretaries in place CEOs in place strength and conditioning in place and if they did if that was funded centrally and run centrally by Cook Park then you would have a much more even balance right across the game and it would make for a far far better championship because you would have a, a group coming from Offaly and Meath and, and Derry and 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 Calvin and Monaghan, you would have more coming from them if the proper structures were run by Croke Park and funded centrally. There, don't give it to the counties. Centrally run it from Croke Park. Offaly probably the one exception to that in that they've Shane Shane Lowry is 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 pumping some. I don't know how much, but he is a big sponsor, big donor there. So that is one except and and probably two exceptions in Offaly. Michael Dignan seems to be probably one of the shrewdest chairmen around. So, um, um, you know, whereas a lot of them are, are volunteers and, you know, doing their best, et cetera, et cetera, you know, which ultimately isn't good enough to compete at the top table. And, yeah, to get a big sponsor like Lenisk in as well uh, for them this year has definitely helped them. Uh, just moving on to some of the Division 3 action, the results of the weekend here, Davy: Longford 14, Westmead 10, and um, Westmead were probably all their favourites to come straight back up from Division 3 and now it looks like they're going to be really up against it because um, they're finishing against some of the top, like their next few fixtures against some of the top teams um, in Division 3 uh, when you look at it overall. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'd say Jack has himself in a, in a serious battle now, Jack Cooney there to get... Uh, get with me because let's be honest they are a division two team I would have thought they're in the top 16 in the country um and be hugely disappointing season if 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 Westmead can't get back up to division two so um I, I still I still not I don't have a picture off the top of my head but I still think 
regardless, they'll get a reaction. And regardless, you know, they probably, I, I, I couldn't see them in beating the Longford. I'm not sure. I thought Longford was certainly relegation myself, whereas now I think they're on three points and probably have a chance again, you know. So um, uh, heading into with, with, with three games to go. I think Westmead will have enough uh, still, Paul. Uh, Jack Keoney and them will get a reaction out of them. And they are the best team in that division. There's no, there's no two ways about it. They're the best team in that division. And if you look at it, there's a bit of inconsistency to it. You know, it's it, that's the lower tier football. It's very hard. The teams that get a consistent level of training, consistent level of performance, come out of them divisions because you're being coached at a better level and you're just you're more consistent. You, I'd be much prefer. Obviously, you say this to the Wicklow lads. Just give me seven out of ten every day, every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Sunday. Just give me seven out of ten. Don't give me a seven and a half or an eight today because I know you're going to follow it up with a five, lads. I don't want the five. So forget all that and just give me the same every single day. So I know when Sunday comes, we prepared at this level. I know the minimum give me this and for bet, we're bet. But don't give me this peaks and troughs and nonsense. And that for me is the biggest issue with the four teams in Division 3 and 4 is that they can't get in going because they train at such a low level and they're, oh, it might be brilliant tonight but they're poor tomorrow night and it's no good to anyone. And then ultimately, you don't know, it's like fucking roulette the weekend. You don't know what's going to come out. So, you know, ultimately, that's where you have to get there is you have to get, you know, and what does that come down to? Better level of coaching, more accountability to the coaches, to the backroom, to the managers, to the players, more accountability to county boards, to go source funding, to get better level of coaches in. And ultimately, that's how that's how you do it. If you can prove to the lads, look, lads, we have a decent setup here. He's providing this, he's providing this, and make sure they can't argue with it because make sure it's facts. Then when they get onto the field for the hour, an hour and 20 minutes, they, 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 they're now, the ball's in their court now. They are accountable now because if I know I'm doing my job and I know B is doing his job, now the players have no exit door to look for. Whereas in all these camps, lads, and this is the truth of it, the setups are quite poor in the majority of them, that players are there for, you know, whatever exercise, and obviously they want to play for their counties. But ultimately, they always have the exit thinking, this isn't up to standard. This is a poor setup. The SNC is no good here, or we've no nutritionists, we've no GPS. How can we compete? Or whatever it is, the manager's only here the odd time, you know, or whatever. We've no tactics. They're coming from a high-level club or a high-level inter-county or, you know, Sigerson team. So they are being exposed to a decent level, uh, you know, of operations. And then if they're dropping back down to Division 3 and Division 4, and as I said, some of the setups aren't there, players have to have the exit and have the excuse in the bag before they go out. And that's, for yeah. me, is the biggest problem. And they have changed, Davey, where, you know, 20 years ago, it was just accepted. But players yeah. now have a much, uh, you know, they're going to college, they're, and there's some really good players from that are playing in the game, and they're going to college, and they have access to Sigerson and maybe high-level club football as well if they're playing with a Dublin club, and they understand that 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 county football has now changed. You need a professional setup to be fair. After that, it becomes down to mentality then, player mentality, and it goes back to something funny that was watching the, and obviously I'm a big Liverpool fan, but the Man United Man City game yesterday. And and Roy Keane was and I don't know what Roy Keane will be lost in his emotion, but he's one hundred percent right as regards to what he's saying. And you're born with the I, I do believe that it's in your it's not in your you're born with that with that drive to succeed, that drive to get back and never give up and stuff like that. And it's at various different levels in, in everybody, but at that elite level, you should be the fundamentals are you work really, really hard if you're playing at that level. And if you have really good standards in place like Davey, well, I'm sure that you put in, in in practice, it comes down to a no-excuse culture that, that um, uh, Brian Cody used to talk about. Leave no stone unturned and leave no excuses. And it comes down to the culture and the mindset of the player. And if it's not there, you, you just have to get rid of them. 
I'm not slaps and it doesn't have to be an argument doesn't have to be uh, confrontational you just move on without them and and if you build that if you build that within in a squad that is the key to success at whatever level they are but it's it's it definitely comes down to being I, I think it is management and setup led if you get everything in place there, I think you're left with no excuse for the player. And it comes about the player then. You have to put it always back on the player and their attitude and the approach that they take. You can only put it on the player. It's like anything, Danny, in, any, in, in work, in football, you can only put it on the player if you're meeting your end of the argument. You know, right. And majority lads aren't. You know, our majority setups aren't. So the players have that in the bag. But one thing just absolutely bang on, but the, the big problem you have is most people I come across are afraid to make them calls that you're talking about. You're talking about moving on from certain players. You know, we'd be moving on without half the Galway forward line here if that was the case. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So most managers are afraid to make the calls and absolutely that's the culture. So if the, if the wing forward doesn't have to track or the corner forward doesn't have to track because he's X, the whole thing is out the window. The whole thing is out the window straight away. Bernard Brogan was the perfect example he talked yeah. about. I don't know, I never read his book, but he talked about Axe in his book where Gilroy put him on the line when he wasn't tracking back. He, he wasn't he wasn't absolved broken from his from his uh from his made him uh, wing back in a game to get him outside of his company. Right. And and if you're not prepared, the, the, the man, the champion, the, the all iron winner, the, the man winning all star will be prepared to take on board that lesson and they will change. And well, it, took him, it took them, it took Ray Boyne, I noticed, Ray Boyne and Gilroy to sit down with Rogan and say, Bernard, you either hit five or six tackles a game or you're not playing. And they didn't play him. See, that's the difference. They, it's not lip service. They didn't play him until he came on board. Whereas the vast majority of managers I've come across will tell the likes of a Bernard, Bernard, I want you tackling, I want you working, but ultimately are too cowardly and I don't have the balls to actually drop Bernard. And what they don't realise is... Dropping Bernard and putting in a lesser footballer, your other 14 lads and your other 20 lads will respond and give you far more for that and respect you far more. And all of a sudden, you're a better team, even without Bernard. And ultimately, Bernard wants to play. So now Bernard's going to say, ah, Beck, I have to do this. And he's going to win and he's going to do it because he wants to play. Whereas he walks, if he does walk away or an equivalent walks away in that case, then they don't have that character that you need to go to war. You're better off without him. That that is that, and you're. It is it is you are walking as a manager and a coach, and and, a, and I don't think they get enough credit for us. It is a tightrope in my management, but I think those key you go back to those key fundamentals of being honest, a wee bit of integrity, and um, a wee bit of empathy, and that's all you need. is straight conversations and honesty, and I always find that the honesty is always is always key and fundamental in it. If you do act, you will get why. If you do act. Why and 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 I think that's the very premise of of understanding of understanding management and and the best managers. You know, I walk this tightrope every year with every team, and 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 to be honest with you, it's the only way of doing it. And 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 it's the reason you know it's partly a lot of the reason to do with having, having reasonable success in a number of years is because when something is said, you know, you must train, or you know, it's a, a simple matter might be look like you must train. You know, I want you here to train every night. And, Johnny doesn't like training very hard in January and February, maybe. So Johnny does a lot of overtime in January and February. And it will then just don't play Johnny in March or April. And whereas Johnny's always been told he has to train, but he still doesn't train, but he still plays. Whereas if you don't play him, just don't play him. And, and, and I've often done this, gone to chairman early on and said, look, I know we all want Johnny to play 14. And I know Johnny is just that and the other. 
Johnny is not going to play until Johnny is here every Tuesday and every Thursday. So are you have you got my back on this, Chairman, or you don't? If you don't have my back, well, I'm up the N7 because I'm in the wrong spot here. But you, you, you do need that support from the Oh, you do. Oh, you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanted... And especially going in somewhere, Danny, too, because as an outside man, because you, 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 you know, you can be accused of, oh, you don't know what he's done for us, A, B, and C. That, that, no problem, lads. And I want Johnny ultimately to do that in the summer as well. And ultimately, nine times out of ten, he will do it in the summer for you because he'll come on board. But you got to put the gun to him and you got to challenge him and 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 account, hold him accountable. And as I said, you'll be a much better team on the back of it. But the, the key thing is the wider support. If you go in as an individual. Then you're looking like a manager on an ego trip. You're looking like a power mad, and 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 all of a sudden they can rally around you, and then you get the door. And ultimately that can happen too. So it is a tightrope. But if you've got smart local people, the account of your club surrounding you, and you're explaining your decision, and it's it's a it, it, it's a team based, team led, you know, decision. It's ultimately for the better of the team, the betterment of any team. And and if you get the chairman, etc., etc., and explain them. And if you're not the man for them, I'm not the man for you. No bother, lads. Good luck and keep. Keep doing what you've been doing. You know, that kind of way. But ultimately, most people generally when you get to sit them down with them and comes back to what you said, Danny, be honest with them. And, and have your figures in black and white. So when you're sitting down with that guy, have it there. We've trained 27 times since the 1st of January. You've trained 15 of them. You know, the four of the lads you're competing with for them three jerseys have trained 20 plus times. You can't play. It's as simple as that. You can't play. And when you've got facts and figures, come back to me. And, and, and ultimately, it works. There's nothing that works other than honesty and accountability. Yeah, no, you're spot on there. Just on one of the uh, other Division 3 results, a big win for Permana and Danny Gearan Donnelly, obviously, with his first year this year, but um, defeated Leash 315 to 3-9 over the weekend. Yeah, and, and, and Fermanagh's kind of, you would have to say that they've kind of, because they've changed manager, but the score 315 and beat Leash, you know, it was impressive. Um, and they were very there were two very very precious points um but they looked like you know just been reading the reports there wasn't that much action about it even on on social media they looked like they were dominant uh through it and had they not gifted a goal to least they would have, they would, would have beat them by a lot more so i think you still have the class acts and and sean quigley there who scored one five one five and you know uh, Kieran Corgan, um, but you know, you, you know, Quigley is just a class act. He's one of the characters in GA, and they and they keep delivering, um, you know, really, really strong performances. And I suppose he's a man, Davy. Maybe you would have to make a slight allowance for if he didn't turn up to the audience <laughs> session on Monday morning. Well, I'd my own Sean Quigley in 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 Shawnee Furlong, you know, and 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 again. Very similar in that marquee forward for his whole career in a lower lower division, and uh, every single day produces. You know, every single day produces. And for me, the trainer wise was never an issue with Sean. He was he's always there. I think he'd rake at chaps at home, so he was happy enough to be at training. I think to, to get out of the house for a while. But where where say where me and Sean early on might have might have you know ran into a few tougher conversations, maybe the work rate and you know getting a few tackles on or delaying a, an opposition defender coming out or even showing them down a channel we might, might want them to go down or whatever and ultimately in fairness to Shawnee he came on board you know he came on board now I will say another thing Danny he, he probably taught me an awful lot too and that I probably would have flogged my marquee forwards too much over the years you know that kind of way and he probably we probably met in the middle somewhere in that 
right, well, I'm not letting you hatch on the edge of the square here while we're defending here kind of thing and let them walk out past you. And then teams are targeting you with them. Sean Kelly's of this world, put him at full back and destroy him. You know, that, that's that's the other way. Whereas probably met in the middle and worked out and devised the plan to say, right, I want you to do X, you want to do B, let's meet in the middle here. And it did work very well for us, but we two lads who were open to that. He wasn't the closed book to say, I played for Wicklow for 15 years. I'm not doing what you tell me. I'm here going to kick one six a game because that for me wouldn't have worked. I would have left him out and then and then you're running that tightrope when you leave a player that caliber out, you know that kind of way. Whereas he was a, he was he was open enough and enough of a growth mindset to say, yeah, fair enough. I hear where you're coming from, but you need to listen to me. And I said, yeah, yeah fair enough. Let's do it. And we did. You know, I'm, I'm probably lucky, Daddy. You know as well as I know, there's a lot of tick men in the GA. There's a lot of egos out there, and there's a lot of lads right. don't listen to anyone. And 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 it's a strength of certain people. You have to listen to people. And don't get me wrong. A lot of it you say, yeah, thanks, I'll take that on board and you move on and you'll never remember another word of it again. But there is certain people, you know, when, when I hear the Shani Furlong's This World talk, Jesus, I listen to every bit of it because that man has been battling his whole career at a low level but being superior to everyone on the field. And he's learned far more than I've ever learned to date. So um, that, that's just me and him being making it work, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, and, and but I suppose for Mana... And and the and what they've done and they've been extraordinarily. I thought I felt that Fermanagh has done extraordinarily well for the best part of of twenty years. When you look at some of the things that they've done with such a small pool, you know. Uh, now again, the the view between the second, third, and fourth division, but you know they're still in that hunt for for promotion out of Division Three. Limerick's there, Antrim's there, and Louther are. So, you know, and Westmead are no bad team. So they're sitting back on four points. So, you know, one win, one more win for for Antrim, uh, Limerick and, and for Manon will certainly uh, will certainly project into that promotion. And, you know, again, it comes down to the getting out of the Taltian Cup, you know, and, and that big card of, of making sure that they're in the in the round for Sam McGuire. Yeah, no, that'll be a huge aim for uh, some of them teams. Just something I want to bring to you. I don't know, did you see the tweet over the weekend of the Leash warm-up? Um, it was across Twitter, and this is something... <laughs> Obviously, I've never coached at a level you have, have done around them, but Davey, like... Daily, I suppose, for people who haven't seen it, got a poll, um, and... Oh, the yeah, it's... The opposition... I, 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 I seen this, and I... Uh... I think I posted a reply to it. Personally, seen it as well on Twitter. Oh God, my reply is simple: one word, nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Uh, for me, we're in a very dangerous place in the GEA with SNC coaches. They've gone absolutely mental. Their egos have gone through the roof. They've been given full reign, and it's ridiculous. These lads haven't a clue about football. They haven't a clue what it takes to set up a team. They don't know one thing about tackling, and they're sending lads out with these poles wrapped behind their back. Honestly, it's it's a oh, it's a measuring competition with these lads. I don't know what they're at. Like uh, for me, what is the point and what is the benefit to have a pole behind your back for a match warm up, match day warm up? It's absolutely- I, pre- I presume it was to do with footwork. I that's the only yeah. presumption I made. Yeah. There were yeah. tiny footwork back in but, but the Danny, end- that's not today, Daddy. That's not today. Like, no. that, like for me, for me, that's for one reason only. Is you know what they were doing in Newbridge a few weeks before? They were soloing a. Uh, tennis balls in the one for national or is it a whatever the O'Brien Cup game right a couple of weeks before, before like that's not the day lad I'm fine I'm all for creativity I'm all for you know being innovative don't get me wrong I'm not a closed shop here I'm not saying these things can't work 
But for me, when you're doing an international league game or the World Cup game, there's a crowd there. You're doing it for one reason only, and it's to be noticed or to be, you know, to get someone to pay attention and to get this type of feedback. So now we're asking, who is this Lee Sessions League coach? Who are these guys? Can I get my name out there? And for me, once I find out that name, he'd be going into a little black book, and that'd be the end of it. Because um, it, it, it's rubbish. Oh, it's rubbish. David, listen, it's... it's, it's stuff that are totally over the top overthinking the game again over over analyzing the 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 movement patterns and stuff like that at the end of the day uh borrow your your borrow your playing an amputee uh, on the team there is absolutely no point in in the drill but listen uh, you know davey I don't know. You, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's the frustration that we're overthinking, overcomplicating the game, overcomplicating warm-ups. I think when you look at... If, I, I find now, to be fair, the, the, I'm obviously manager of my own club, but we've started with the band work um, this year, introduction of the band work. We introduced it, uh, and it has, it has lessened the amount of soft tissue injuries that we're experiencing there. Um, whether that's coincidental or not, but I, I do think that I actually done it the other day along with them, and I did find you get a bit of a workout, and it does definitely does fire those muscles that that you'll be using during a month. But that's as complicated as as our warm ups would get, and I think it keeping it very very simple is is key for the players. Um, so again, I don't really understand what obviously the. Davy hit the nail on the head. I think it is a bit of an attention-seeking kind of uh, uh, exercise, and I don't think it's going to catch on. What we said earlier, though, Danny, about managers and setups, right? I can guarantee this lads in that leash team going, look at this crack. You know, you know, kind of what are we at here? So, but that comes back. And don't get me wrong, I've worked with some seriously good SSC coaches, and I still continue to do right. And even them guys at times, and it's whoa, whoa lad, I don't want that. Get rid of that. You know, so yeah. don't get me wrong. There is a there is a reluctance there probably from managers and wider fitness coaches within the game to probably call somebody out on that. And that's a big problem. If you've if you've uh, if you're throwing all your eggs in one basket and not having control over your team, something like that can make you look like a complete idiot. And, and you have to you hit the net. It's your team, and ultimately yeah. it's oh. a reflect it's a reflection of you. And, and ultimately, you've okayed this or whatever it is. So, for me, but, you know, if you can't, Danny, and, and if you can't tell your SNC coach, no, take that out of our program, I don't want that in our program, you, are, are you going to drop your full forward because he won't tackle and he won't train? You know. No, I totally It's mad when you think about it, putting a pole behind your back as if you're going to have it in a football match is the way really to look at it. Uh, Finally, on Division 4, uh, Tipperary 4-4, um, Wexford 15 points. If you're looking at the game overall, like 4-4, it, 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 it just doesn't sound like a football score at all, Davey. No, no, and I think it was actually a better day. Uh, Wexford Park's a little bit like Salt Hill. It can be seriously windy on the sea there. So uh, I actually don't think it was too bad on uh, uh, the other day. So... Um, yeah, it's a shocking, shocking score. By all accounts, Wexford were by far the better team, but just obviously conceded four terrible goals and uh, lost by a point, which shocking to 4-4 to come out and having kicked 15 points for a Wexford side now who are a middling, middling enough side struggling in the Division 4 for a long time. Uh, for a day, they'll come out with 15 points. You should nearly be certain they'd, they'd come out with a win, you know. And uh, 
obviously they didn't look. We spoke about Kip previously. Kip out, yeah, I think they'll they'll struggle now. They're probably not in a bad position now to get promotion. I would have thought they'd struggle to get out of the division. Still not home and hose, but I still um they probably will, will get there at this stage. But again, they're very very middle and uh, very very middle and they'll be lower division three again next year. You'd imagine so. Um, okay, probably probably an average enough uh, event and 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 to concede four four. And three one, I think, in the first half, and a goal straight from the throw in the second half is it, it, it's terrible defending. And again, setups and why you know, I, without knowing the Wexford and the ins and outs of the Wexford setup, it it doesn't strike me that defensively they were overly secure now. Yeah, another Temple No player uh, playing for another county here, like Pat Spillane's been the standout one. He's went to Sligo, but Teddy Doyle got two goals yesterday. He's from Temple No as well, and so it just shows. Uh, what lengths people are going to have to can't make it in their own county. And you wouldn't blame lads. You wouldn't blame lads for that either. Like, you know, I, I you know, we in we with a couple of Devro boys, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame anyone for uh, wanting to experience it. It's a brilliant level of football. As much as you know, we might be negative at times about it, it's a brilliant level of football. It's a huge experience. You learn some amount from it. And it's very enjoyable training with lads at, at your at, at a at a reasonable level, at a good level. Particularly the likes of a temple, no small enough club there, numbers might be low, half them probably living in Dublin commuting up at the weekend that can be very very frustrating for anybody you know that kind of way so uh, I wouldn't blame anyone for wanting to sample a better level you know? well uh, there's always been transfers inter-county transfers even in the game Larry Tompkins was a famous one from Kildare to, to Cork um, you know in this day and age you had a player of Larry Tompkins calibre you'd be looking to hold on to him whatever, whatever it needed to take or whatever it took uh, James Lockery went, went from Antrim down to Cork it obviously is too long a distance, but what what a player he was for Cork as well. James Lockery was a top player, uh, even under him. And Carlo Dwyer, if you remember, and now Kildare, uh, yeah. Michael Dwyer's son. And I'm not sure where they were living in Kildare at the time or how well, that I, came. I can tell you where that came from. He, was te- he taught me, taught me in uh, Comfy College, Carl Dwyer did. So he's an accountancy teacher. And, and uh, in Kildare, yeah. He, was he, he wasn't living in Kerry, obviously, was he, David? I no well well certainly in my time whether before my time he, whatever he was doing I'm not sure he set up base in uh, outside Lawrence's there at, at, in South Kildare now so uh, he travels up and back to County College every day I think so yeah he's a teacher at early days Danny I'm not certain but uh, I know what, certainly he's living I was right in saying that was Michael Dwyer's son Kjord. yeah 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 so like you know he was a phenomenal player for Kildare for for a number of years and obviously they went to an All Ireland final and stuff but you know did he kicked that, the forty five did he kick the forty five to beat Kerry in the All Ireland semi final for Kildare I think he might have well, yeah well, I'm sure Kerry would have been glad of him and, and he was playing chicken ball with Kildare so uh, I think Spillane's one probably is obviously is is the thing Shawnee Shawnee Johnson got himself in a bit of ball a couple of years ago as well so I know there's a common been... there's a common team oh, here, Danny. there's a lot of Kildare being mentioned here in these intercounty transfers oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was on your podcast was he Paul I think he was on Shawnee Shawnee no tried a few times but uh, no he's a heavy uh, uh. Um, just finally uh, on the other results uh Cavan and Sligo, Cavan 113, Sligo 10 points. They still remain unbeaten. Um, Danny obviously shouldn't be down in Division 4, but um, so far have looked impressive. Oh, yeah. And obviously, London with their defeat, uh, you know, Cavan's wee bit of daylight there between themselves and London and Tep. So you would fancy Cavan, obviously, to finish off the job. I suppose Sligo 
from Sligo's perspective, with Tony Mack there, Tony McIntyre, who I would, would know very well and, and huge amount of respect for really knowledgeable guy in the game and, and has taken a job there, uh, I suppose it's a fair distance from cross. Um, and Tony, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, have, he'll have picked up four points, I would say, been disappointed with that. Um, he would have probably wanted to made more progress. Um, and again, you know, and Tony, you'd be disappointed that, that that they're sitting fourth, and probably at this stage, you could almost say they're they're out of the hunt for promotion. So, um, I think from 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 Sligo's perspective, they'd be disappointed that that they haven't been able to, I suppose, be there or thereabouts with with a couple of games remaining, given where where London are. Um, so you know, it looks it looks to be Calvin. It'd be wonderful to see London go up. God, it would be a fantastic achievement for them. Um, uh, so you know, it's all. I'm not sure who their last two games are. London. They have to play Cavan anyways. I know. Um, see, London. I, what, what London? I think the wheels have come off it slightly now, Danny. Um, they, they, you know, it's brilliant to see and a great story. But I, I they caught the the right teams at the right time. They caught Carlo there, who are not in good shape at all. They caught them in the first round of the league. They caught Leitrim, who are. Like Leitrim are middle enough for a long time now. Uh, probably didn't get their bounce. They might have thought they might have get out, Andy. Uh, and 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 you know ultimately they have the top half of the table to play. So uh, I I I I don't see London being there in the last weekend now. So just on Sligo, um, they've been in a lot of trouble um, in the last few years. But at the moment, particularly up front, like you have Niall Murphy there, who's Definitely in the top 10 forwards in the country. You have Pat Hughes, you have Luke Towie from DCU, Peter Nocton, um, who was top scorer in the Mayo Club Championship last year, Sean Carabine, Paddy O'Connor, Pat Spillane. Like, they do have the raw materials there, definitely, to be getting out of the Division 4, Davy. Yeah, they do. And I'd say they're a very frustrating side. Uh, I, I, they absolutely do. Some very, very talented. And in Murphy, you're right. Murphy would make a lot of, lot of top teams. So, um, uh, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I have very, very little insight. I worked with one guy from Sligo there in, in DCU, but I, 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 um, he, he, um, he'd have a huge time for Tony McIntyre as well and the setup and everything that was going on. So uh, I'm, not a, I'm not certain. Uh, why aren't they getting out? They have a bit of tradition there. You know, they would have been to a couple of Connacht finals. You know, I, I don't know why. I, I just don't understand why they're not getting out. Uh, is there a cultural issue? Uh, is there a clear out needed? Is there any youth coming through? You know, all these different questions, are they complacent? As in, is there anything coming through to, to make Niall Murphy worried there or to, you know, to frighten any lads? And ultimately, that's I haven't seen Sligo do anything of any note underage at all. Uh, they in, won the minor last year in Connacht. Did they? Yeah. They did. Well, there you go. So, so, but the only, right, so they're five years away though. That's the problem. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, like yeah. Yeah, so they're five to six years away, them young bucks. So ultimately, though, that's good. But what Danny said earlier then, now they need to go again this year in minor and make sure they're semi-finalists in, in Connacht minimum. You know, that kind of way to make sure there's still three or four coming through out of that team because they're not going to solely rely on one team. You know, that kind of way. So ultimately, I, I don't know. Yeah, and maybe Davey, you have a better insight in this and in their inter-county setups. But I think we, we tend to overload inter-county setups with, with so much expertise and, and sometimes... And and I do and I do go back to 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 what I'm saying about player mentality. As a player, you either you go in there with that mindset and that motivation, that dedication to be the best 
you know, to be the best on the team. And if you're the best in the team, you maybe, well, you used to get railway cup honours and stuff like that. And then it would just progress from there. But if you have that, that uh, mentality that you go in and be the best that you can possibly be, um, and it's a very, very fine line, it's a very fine margin uh, at inter-county level between the bottom of Division 4 and the top of Division 2. I can tell you, it's not a lot separates teams and you need a wee bit of luck and you need one or two class blurry players and stuff like that. But I would say, like, from Slago's perspective, like, Tony McEntee is a very, very astute guy and I'm sure he has the right strength and conditioning people in. I'm sure they have the right physios in. And, and sometimes it does have to go back to players. It does, you have to put it back on the players and say, right, if you're not winning matches, why the hell aren't you matches? The stats are there, the, the things, the, the video analysis is there. Why are you not doing X, Y, and Z? Uh, everybody can get themselves fit. That's the fundamentals. Everybody can get themselves into a place where they're ready to go onto the field. It's about thinking your way through the game. It's about making the right decisions. Uh, more often than not. So, again, you have to put it on to the players. You have to really challenge them, um, especially those that might be swinging the leg. And, yes, you might be able to afford to carry them along with you, but certainly you have to challenge players. You have to challenge them to perform week in, week out. And, and there seems to be a lot of inconsistency there with Sligo. I don't yeah. think... They Paul Durkin involved as well, Donegal keeper. They've left no stone unturned as regards to manage the set-up management team. And, and somewhere along the line, the players themselves are going to have to take a look at themselves and say, well, why haven't we won this match? Why haven't we won these matches, you know? Um, and Antrim, look at Antrim. They're, they're, they're in promotion share. They're coming out of Division 3. Derry, they got the right structures in place with, with Rory Geller, and now they're sitting on the, on the cusp of going to Division 1. So, you I know... Think, I think there's a common denominator. You know, Enda McGinley is a very shrewd operator, uh, young, ambitious... You know, sure, he's looking for the Tyrone gig in two, three, four years' time. Um, you know, has to keep going with the Santrum side to get the next gig. And and I came across him a number of times there with going serious enough operator looks to be and a serious enough setup with him with Stevie O'Neill there and different things in with him too. So, so that's that one. Rory Gallagher, very ambitious manager, looking to you know progress everywhere he goes. Uh, again, brings Derry from rooted from Division Three right the way up now and probably Division One team now. Um. You know, there's common denominator. There's, there, there's, there's lads who are taking some of these jobs who don't have that same drive, energy, enthusiasm, and are maybe aren't putting in the same effort. And this isn't a Sligo thing. This is just in general, you know, in general. Um, and, and ultimately, if you do nothing else as a manager other than drive the bus, you know, if you do nothing else other than absolutely give it, a, give it your all, put everything you have into it, you know, there's very little comeback the players can say, right, you might not be up to it. Fair enough, thanks very much. You know, move on. But ultimately, I don't know if every manager in three and four particularly can put their hand up and say, I didn't leave an ounce of me in that two years, three years, four years I was there. And again, leads back to players reading into this, seeing this, well, he's only half into it. We'll only be half into it. And then you end up in bad places, Danny. You know what I mean? I, th I think managers can get ground down by... The way things are, the, the 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 difficulties with travel, the difficulties with losing players, going to America, going to Australia. I think emotionally and everything else is a very very tough gig being a manager now, and even at club level, it's a, it's a, it's an emotional drain. And and I think, and I think you do have to be young and very very um, ambitious to be in the game now because 
uh, it takes an awful lot of energy and if, if people have day jobs and the families in the background and all that kind of stuff um, and players as well they'll give it their all for four or five years and you even seen Dublin you know success unlimited amount of all our medals it, it's no guarantee that they'll come back year on year if, if other things crop up you know yeah no um, that is all on our uh Short today, looking back at the action over the weekend, we'll be back there on the week um, previewing uh, the league action coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, thanks a million for your time, lads. Thank you. Thank you.